prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, here we are, the second Sunday of Advent, continuing our season of being able to prepare for the way of the Lord to make the path straight, if you will, as we anticipate the celebration of the incarnation of Jesus Christ on December 25th. We were able to do that this week in a particular way as well with our annual Advent lessons and carol service on Friday, which was just a wonderful evening of scripture reading and song. And so tonight we also have our annual meeting. It's a busy weekend, and so I'll do my best to preach a shorter sermon. Uh, But one that I think uh, is good for us to hear, as I think most weeks, uh, or at least we'll let the Spirit uh, do his work in us this evening. Uh, Let me state the obvious. Sometimes we miss the forest for the trees, right? Sometimes we, we miss the bigger picture because we're so narrowly focused on one particular thing. And that's okay, because sometimes that one particular thing that, we, that we're focused on needs our attention, right? No matter what it is, it, it might be like I can't even think about graduating to go pursue the career I want because I have this test in front of me, right? So, yeah, you, you need to focus on that test, that exam, that paper, that project, whatever it is, because without that focus on that tree, you'll never experience that forest anyway, But often we use that phrase in the opposite direction, do we not? It's that the forest is laid out in front of us, and that's what we've been invited to see, and instead we we notice the one one tree, right? So this might be a bit of a confession, but I'll say it. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Christmas Vacation, right? With Chevy Chase, we watch it every year faithfully, uh, usually by inviting someone to our home to enjoy it with us. And... uh, but I know when Clark Griswold finally gets his house illuminated, if you've seen it, you know what I mean. When he, when he finally gets his, all the lights turned on in the house, they figure out that, you know, his 89 plugs going into the plug box that needs one plug to go into the wall, right? The house is glowing and everything, and I believe it's his father-in-law walks up and makes the comment, you know, like, they're not twinkling, Clark, or something to that effect, right? And like, thanks, you know, like, we finally got all these lights working, but they're not twinkling. Again, it's missing the forest for that tree that had been promised or something you expect something else and so it's easy for us just to miss the forest for the trees and, a good, and sometimes it's good and oftentimes it's not real great so we have these particular experiences that we focus in on and they can cloud our ability to see the whole so to take it in the more negative example right that that we we, we get in there, and uh, I'll use Nathaniel as the example. My boys are good fodder these days, it appears, for example. So Nathaniel went and, and uh, had a rehearsal, not a rehearsal, an audition today uh, for Euphonium for All South um, in the high school band, right? So they'll have hundreds, if not thousands, of kids try out, and Lord willing, Nathaniel will be one of those picked uh, to play in the All South. But, you know, how did it go? well, I just forgot this thing, and then, of course, I forgot what my teacher Robert had told me, and I guess I didn't feel nervous, but I probably only felt like I was getting about 75% of the air that I needed, right? I mean, like, again, we, we walk away from something like that, and we say, oh, I didn't do this quite right, or, oh, I blew it there. I went in knowing what to do, and I didn't do it great, and, uh, you know, and so we, we, we lose the focus. Like, again, this is about getting into All South, and maybe it wasn't a perfect audition as things like that often go, 
But that doesn't mean, Lord willing, that Nathaniel won't get the joy of playing in All South. So we can get clouded on this ability to see the, uh, these, these narrow things and miss the whole, but we, we shouldn't do that with God, right? We, we shouldn't get so focused in on a particular thing that we're missing the bigger work that God is doing. First of all, God doesn't get so narrowly focused that he misses the picture, right? That he misses the hole for the particular trees, and neither should we, right? So we shouldn't get to a point where we focus in so narrowly on something that we, we miss the point of the bigger story. And our passage from Romans tonight is getting at that a bit, especially uh, if we read the chapters leading up to our selection from Romans 15 tonight, that the forest is this. God created the world. He created humankind to inhabit it. They sinned against him. He recreated, in a sense, after the flood, the world. Humankind continued to sin against him. So beginning in Genesis 12, he focused in on a particular family, Abraham and his family, turned Abraham and his family into a nation, a great nation, an a unnumberable nation of people, giving them the opportunity to follow him. They went into captivity. They were delivered from captivity. God raised up Moses. God then raised up the prophets to constantly be reminding them, no, God is for you. You are God's people. Right? And all of our Old Testament lessons through Advent are often Old Testament prophetic passages that talk about renewing, bringing back sinful Israel to conformity to God's will. And so there's this big story, and, and tonight that story, part of that story kind of comes to the end when we get the message in the gospel reading of John the Baptist. That we get the voice of this one crying in the wilderness. This, this work that God has done with his people, right, through prophets and, and others that he's raised up, God went silent for about 400 years, and then the, the New Testament, we now think of as the New Testament, begins with John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But again, it, it might be tempting to focus in on only that one, John the Baptist. But, it, but John is just a stand-in for the bigger story that God is doing. right? If we overly focus on John the Baptist, we're missing the point of the bigger story of God. But let me go one step further and say we are anticipating the incarnation. And I was thinking of this today like an hourglass, right? So we, we have an hourglass that sits on our, our ottoman kind of coffee table in the living room. It's decorative, but occasionally one of us will reach over and turn it over, right? It's not meant to do any. I couldn't even tell you how long it runs for, right? But occasionally you'll, I'll see it, be reminded it's there, flip it over or something like that. But that shape of an hourglass, that it, it's tempting to think that this story of the Old Testament, all those pieces of sand up there are just working their way down to that narrow point. And there at that narrow point, just before it would be John the Baptist, but right there at that narrow point, the incarnation, the coming and birth of Jesus Christ. And it might be tempting to get so focused on that good gift of God to us, the gift of himself, that again, we start missing the bigger story because we're focused too much on one thing. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that focusing on Christmas in the proper way, the incarnation, the feast of the incarnation is a bad thing. Of course, that's what Advent is doing. Advent is pushing us in that direction towards the incarnation, if you will. Advent is 
wintering down until we get to that day of the feast of the coming of Jesus Christ. Yes, but then we need to be reminded that it's not just about that incarnation, that it doesn't just stop there. Like, great, Jesus, Jesus came, right? The, the adage that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? That we get so narrowly focused on just that thing that we forget that this is part of a bigger story. And so as the sand makes its way through the narrow part of the hourglass, it begins to dissipate out again, does it not? That it fills up the bottom half of that hourglass. And if we read and look at our passage from Romans this evening, we see that what's happening is, is the bottom of that hourglass is, starts with Jesus' apostles, those immediately around him who followed him, those whom he called and said, yes, we will follow you, Rabbi. And then it went out to these disciples, the 70 plus disciples who were also engaged in doing the work of God, right? Before his death, those who believed in him did his work. And then it goes even further after Pentecost to be all people. And then in Acts, we learn that the gospel is actually not just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles that if we had thought that the story was only about that family of Abraham, we are told that it's not about that. It's about all people, Jew and Gentile alike. The way Paul says it from tonight's reading is, for I tell you that Christ became a servant. There's Christmas. There's the feast of the incarnation. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, to the Jews. Why? To show God's truthfulness that when God made that promise to Abraham, Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. That God, in fact, kept his promise. And Paul even goes on to say, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And, and this is important, and, now the bottom half of the hourglass, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So Christ became a servant so that why the circumcised, the Jews, would have their promises honored by God, but in order also that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Now, if, if Christmas tide was the same length, well, Christmas tide could be 12 days, but, but at some point, if we put Epiphany further out, to kind of create the balance of like four weeks on either side of Christmas, right? We would have the, an actual hourglass that looked right. But instead, it's a, it's a little compacted hourglass. It's smaller on one side, which I think you can actually make and works. But the point is, is we spend Advent, these four weeks, preparing for it. And then we have Christmas tide, And then January 6th, Epiphany is the traditional date where we really reflect on the coming of the gospel to the Gentiles. But it's built into this very season of Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany. And so again, if we get so narrowly focused on the incarnation, we're going to lose that bigger picture. And so my encouragement to us tonight is not to do that, right? It's not to reduce everything to just Christmas. And I don't even mean in the secular or holiday or materialistic sense, just even in our own preparation for it. Let's not reduce it to that. But instead, remember that in his coming, the Gentiles also might be able to glorify God in his mercy. So it's that opening up on the back end to the rest of history, that other element of Advent where we await his second coming again in great glory. But let me end by simply tying it into the life of our parish. 
Again, we're going to have an annual meeting, so I'll say more there. You'll hear other things there. But I think there's a similar tendency in us, not in us just as Epiphany, but in us as believers and in us collectively as a parish, where we can easily see ace the way we do things or the way we would want to do things or uh, perhaps the way you think we think things should be done at ace. We have a tendency and we can easily see ace and ourselves as being what we want, that this is what I want my parish to be. This is how I want to go and worship in church, right? To look at the tree of ace, if you will, and your place in and on that tree. But sometimes in doing that, and I'm not, 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 I have no one in mind here, maybe even other than myself, but the point is we sometimes do that, but then we don't see the way that we're actually connected to the whole, it's easy to get narrowly focused on our local church experience. But the good news is, as Anglicans, we are connected to things that are bigger than just us. First, we're part of a diocese, the Diocese of Western Anglicans, under the leadership of Bishop Keith, who will be here in January for a visitation. That diocese is part of the Anglican Church in North America. Canada, the United States, Mexico, other places in the Caribbean that that. All the, uh, all the parishes that belong to dioceses and those dioceses become the province of the Anglican Church in North America. And that is one province in the larger Anglican communion so that we can go to many places around the world and expect to experience worship similarly to the way we do it here. It's the beauty of the Book of Common Prayer. But even bigger than that, we're not just Anglicans. That's the way we, we're all choosing to exercise our faith in our local church, our local parish, but we're part of the church universal. We're Christians. That no matter where we go in the world also, even if it's not worshiping in an Anglican context, that we are connected to all the Christian men and women around the world. That's the forest, right? The church universal. And part of that forest is made up of these people called Anglicans that form a communion. And some of those people make up this province of the Anglican Church in North America. This is just geographical statements I'm making now. And then in that, there's the Diocese of Western Anglicans. So let us not get bogged down in seeing Epiphany either the way it is or the way we want it to be, or seeing ourselves, right, the things that I like and dislike and what I want in a worship experience, and become so focused on the trees that we miss the forest. Instead, let us think about in the year ahead, and not just because this is the annual meeting night, but Advent always gives us this opportunity to think back and get back to the basics, that what we have been called to do as a Christian church, as a Christian parish, is word and sacrament, to read and preach the word of God and to do the sacraments, baptism, Eucharist, etc. And really what that means is we've simply been called to be stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our first job as a parish, as a Christian church, is to be stewards of the gospel. But God has also called us to grow as believers, that the church isn't just about evangelism, that it's also about encouragement. It's also about growth for individual believers and growth collectively as we individually make up the congregation of Epiphany. And again, how do we grow? Well, through word and sacrament, right? Through the word, whether through small groups like Life with God or other small group opportunities, but also through the reading of the word on Sundays, through the reading of the word during the week, whether or not you follow the daily office lectionary or some other reading plan or just 
the way in which you choose to be in the word, that matters. That's part of our growth as believers in Christ, that the Holy Spirit uses our time in the word of God to grow us. And hence tonight's, tonight's uh, collect, which encourages us to, to mark it up, to note it, to study it, to inwardly digest it. But also, we grow through sacraments, right, through the Eucharist, by celebrating the Eucharist on Sundays and, Lord willing, uh, on red letter days, those feast days of apostles, for example, and things that we, we try to observe, by living into the liturgical year, by making available baptism to those who are not baptized, who either come to faith or for the children of our parish when their parents bring them forward for baptism, but also the sacramentals of confession, that's always available. Just talk to Father Steve or myself and all the other means of grace that God has provided to us. And I need to end, but again, let us not miss the forest for the trees. Let us not get so focused on Christmas as just the incarnation, just about Jesus, that we miss the bigger story of which it's a part and which we're a part of that story. But also as a parish, let us not get so focused on who we are whether it's because we, you know, we're doing things and you're happy or, or even you think like maybe we could do something this way or that way or whatever it is, but instead to see ourselves connected in the way that we are truly connected to the universal church. And as always, as a parish and as individuals, let's be people who have the gospel quickly on our lips and on our mouth and that we're eager to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ through word and sacrament. And of course, we do none of this and our own strength, but only that strength which God, which God provides through his grace and through his Holy Spirit. So may God give us more of each in the year ahead. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.